the game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by my colleagues, Brandon Anderson, NBA futures analyst, basking in the glory of Luka Doncic, continuing to hoist up those three pointers and getting him his three point props last night. Congratulations on that, Brandon. Thank you. Yes. Uh, glad that they kept him out there for the last six, eight, 10 minutes of garbage time hoisting away. We appreciate it. We appreciate those threes. Thank you to Jason Kidd. And. I'm joined by professional better Raheem Palmer, who literally said to our new executive editor that, quote, you can call me Rostradamus. Ra, no one's calling you that, Ra. No one. No one. <laughs> certainly no one in an office setting, but no one's going to like, it's fine. The Twitter handle is better than the other one. I'm not calling you Rostradamus. Oh, no, you know, you know, I'm going to tell you what it is. Sometimes. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I fall back into DJ mode and I start doing DJ drops <laughs> and that, that side of my personality comes out to where it's just like, I'm telling people, Hey, I'm R to the, or I'm roster diamonds. I don't mean for anybody to actually call me that, but I just get so animated sometimes and I just forget. <laughs> I like how he pitches that Brandon. Cause essentially what the implication of that is that you and I are not cool enough to appreciate what his whole angle that that's, that's the implication there, which is fine. I'm fine with that. No, you, no, you're that's, cool enough, but I, 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 I just fell back into it just because we were basically to, to provide you guys some context. We introduced a new member to our company and everybody had to introduce themselves. So a lot of times when I introduce myself, I fall back into that. I'm DJ R to the is a wow. <laughs> well, I am Matt Stradamus and I am the senior NBA writer for the Action <laughs> Network. We are going to go through the workshop for Wednesday's games in the NBA playoffs, best bets, prop sides, totals, everything that you need to know, and all that can be found in the Action Network app. The best way for you to track your picks and get up to the second information on where the bets and money are coming in. Uh, as an example, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday. We do these a day ahead of time. Uh, and on Tuesday, before the Bucks celtics game, really interesting kind of stuff in there that you can find in terms of the tickets and the money are actually on the Bucks, but the line has moved towards the Celtics for this game too, because we're tracking sharp moves. And you find all that in the Action Network app. Just click on the game, scroll down. They've got all the indicators. It's really cool stuff. Check it out. It's on Google Play or the App Store. Download the Action Network app on your mobile device immediately. Let's not waste any time. All right, so last night we had two snoozers of games. We had two uh, kind of like, ah, okay. And the lot of discussion in our in our Slack DMs about about how like yeah these might be quick series and all these kind of things and I'm I'm trying very hard with everyone to be like whoa let's let's slow down here slow slow I, I want to talk about the more interesting game first so I want to start actually with Dallas Phoenix um so currently Suns at home game two minus six total is two sixteen this hasn't moved since the open on either side the side and total have not moved uh same number as the closing number. For game one, the Suns were minus six. There was a apparently BetMGM apparently had laid a seven and a half at some point, which actually cashed. The after a wild finished at the end, uh, with the buck with the, the Mavs just like hanging in and hanging in and hanging in, making a light push, and the, the Suns basically being like, Will you guys just go away? The Suns almost hit it, but then foul and give up the free throws and the Spencer Dinwiddie 
uh, backdoor cover does not fall, as well as that would have been Jalen Brunson's over-assist prop. Uh, hard times for Mavs betters last night. Just a rough time for them. Total now is up a little bit from the last close. The total in the last game was 214.5. This one's up to 216. I bet the under on 215. Uh, I know Brandon's light on this game. I want to get your thoughts on it, Brandon. Brandon, what was your big takeaway from Mavs' sons in terms of how the series is looking? Yeah, my biggest takeaway, I think, is that Dallas really was struggling to stop Phoenix from scoring at will. Like, when the Suns were still trying, they were scoring at will. I do think Dallas maybe found a few things offensively late. I was wanting to see them get Dinwiddie and Brunson out there with Luka, so I'm intrigued to see what will they do that a little bit more. But... The Suns were just getting so many good looks. And I know they you're, you're going to do the shot variance thing and their three-point percentage is not going to be what it was every game. But they're getting so many good looks. They're moving the ball well. Dallas's defensive personnel just didn't seem to have a lot of answers. And they were really wearing Luka Doncic down. That worried me a lot. As a guy who has backed every Luka Doncic three-point angle in the world, and just saw him like by mid third quarter, just grinded into nothing. That was a worry. The Suns had 31% of their, of their missed shots rebounded offensively. That was a big worry. Uh, Phoenix finished plus 15 on a rebounding plus 11 on assists. I, I feel grim for Dallas here. I, I don't think that that means it's going to be blowout games in a blowout series. I think the shot variance will even out here, but I don't know if I see a lot of answers defensively for Dallas in the series. So I want to bet them. I try to talk myself into a Mavs first half cover, a Mavs game cover, a something. And I, I just have a hard time getting there without feeling the defense can manage against this attack. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Ra, what do you think? What's your best bet right now for Mavs Suns? I actually don't have a, a bet on this game thus far, but Look, I mean, when I look at these two teams, like, I don't see how the Mavericks can stop this this Suns team. It just felt like they were scoring at will. And we had a very slow-paced game. That, that game was only 93 possessions. So, I mean, the Suns went out there and put up an offensive rating of 128. And the Mavericks put up an offensive rating of 121, despite the fact that Jalen Brunson and, and Spencer Dinwiddie really didn't show up. So, I think you got to kind of go back to the well here and, and take the over. I think both of these teams are just hyper-efficient. I haven't personally played anything yet, but I think that's the direction I would go in. The Mavericks also struggled on the, on the rebound. They couldn't get any rebounds. And even with that, DeAndre Ayton only had about eight rebounds. So I, I want to go with, go with his over on the rebounding prop. I think his over is, is 10 and a half um, rebounds. I, I want to go there. Um, that's what I have thus far. Okay. Uh, I'm in the exact opposite place of both of you. I'm in the exact mm-hmm. opposite place of both of you. Uh, I'm I am more encouraged by this game from the Mavericks. I got about this. I'm more encouraged by this game from the Mavericks than discouraged. This doesn't get me to bet Mavs on the series. I'm not taking the Mavs. I'm not looking like the numbers aren't good for Mavs plus two and a half. I'm not looking for those types of angles. Right. Like I'm not looking for. Ooh, I think that the Mavs can beat this team. That's that is not what I what I think. And um, I am. Like you guys were both pretty in our series preview. We're, we're both pretty like positive or raw was Brandon was, was a little bit more, I think skeptical on Dallas. Um, 
I'll just say this. You know, Brandon kind of tried to cut me off with the pass on the shot variance thing. Here's kind of what I would say. Um, look, the reason I, I I like the shot quality stuff, it, it's not always going to be on target. Okay, a lot of stuff is like it's hard to parse, and, and so much of it is rhythm and feel. And so what Brandon's talking about in terms of it felt like they were creating the shots that they wanted is accurate. Here's my issue: they did that. They definitely did that. The Mavericks, the Suns did not feel the Mavericks at all in game one. Got whatever rhythm shots that they wanted. My question then is always, did they shoot to be expected on those shots? Did they shoot below expectation on those shots? Or did they shoot better on those shots? Because you can have good rhythm and all of this stuff, and you're not going to hit an obscene percentage. That's just not like we've seen that consistently. Um, I go back to in 2014 when I asked, Danny Green after game three of the NBA finals, how do you play better than that? I asked Danny Green, can you play better than that to the Spurs? And he said, well, yeah, you can always play better. And I looked at him, I said, how? And Danny like stuttered because they had played such a magnificent game, but he did say he was like, make all the shots. Like that's what we're talking about. The expectation that if you have a good in rhythm shot, it's going to go in 80% of the time. It's just not accurate in the NBA. And that's not what happened here, but they did shoot 16 percentage points better through three quarters. That's absurd. That's based off of not regular, like, because this is always a counter with the Suns is the, the expected EFG on them doesn't matter because they specifically find guys that can hit those shots. And I agree. Like, that's what you have to factor in. So it is five percentage points better, eight percentage points better. Okay. But 16 percentage points better. And I go, all right, they outperformed expectation by a little bit. The more interesting thing to me, honestly, than the offense, because I'm just like, look, they could still get a high percentage and put up a big number here, right? Like they had a 139 offensive rating through three quarters, right? Let's drop that down by 19% by 19 points per hundred possessions. And they're still cranking at a 120. The interesting thing here is the Mavericks who had a 111 through three quarters and 114 at the end of the game. So Jalen has a miserable game. Everyone pretty much except except Kleba, who got absolutely roasted on the defensive end, has a miserable game. Luca puts up a big number, and they still put up a, a really good offensive rating. That, to me, is like indicative of something. I'm on Mavericks plus six. I'm probably going to bet it. I'm going to wait to see if I can get it six and a half. I think the money will come in on, on Phoenix, and it'll go that way. I am going to bet it a little bit now in case I'm wrong and the market moves the other way. I'm going to get Mavericks plus six. Um, it's not about, do I think that they can win? It's that I think the number is too high based off of what we saw in game one. It's yeah, that I, I do think sure. the, the whole, th- I'm going to be on Luca overs. They're going to let Luca do whatever their entire yeah. thing. If the Suns have one game plan that they're looking at and going like, we got to do better. It's that Luca had eight assists. They're going to circle that number and be like, yeah. that's the one that we got to get rid of. Um, the Mavericks have enough offense. The Mavericks all, offense has been a weak spot, right? So there's two ways to look at that, which is like, why are you trusting the weaker spot of their team to do better versus my read on it is this is a mid offensive unit for Dallas. And they put up a 114, 111 through three quarters. That to me is suspect. Like that makes me go like Phoenix may not have all the defensive answers that they want to have. Aiden had a huge game in this game. I do not trust them to put the ball in his hands twice. They're going to have to they're going to have to prove that to me. They're going to have to show me that they're going to actually punish the switch. They're going to have to show me that. So I didn't bet this game except for the, the under, which got 
cooked, but I actually didn't feel bad about it until like it was on pace to lose early because of the hot shooting. And then it kind of cooled third quarter and we had a chance. And then fourth quarter got wacky. I don't feel bad about that bet, but I'm not going to bet it again. I'm not going to bet the total. I'll be on Luca overs, Jalen Brunson unders because he struggles with length. Uh, and, but I do like Mavericks plus six here. Yeah, plus the Mavs plus six. That was in my search of a best bet for the game itself. I do have a bunch of props to talk about, but that was as close as I could get to. Like, I, I get it. I, I, I cannot argue with your angle. I think that that's the correct read. And that's, look, I, I said, I like the Suns. I feel good about the Suns in the series. And yet I'm unwilling to lay the six for the cover. That should tell you that I, that I'm probably am leaning to a Mavs plus six because I, I think your read is right. Like I'm not dismissing the shot quality thing. And it is, it's, it's that the Suns were so good through three quarters. Like you said, that even cutting a lot of that out, even taking it into account, it still closes the gap, but not entirely. My problem with the plus six and why I couldn't quite get there. Like, could, could you give me a plus six through three quarters? <laughs> I, I'm worried that we're going to get, even if the Mavs do keep it close to the end, we know how good Phoenix is in the clutch. We know Dallas has not been great in the clutch. Phoenix is going to make their free throws. Dallas is going to hoist some threes. And I feel like I feel like a best-case scenario for me in this game is getting something that we accidentally got at the end of last game where it's like, oh, did, did they make the three? Oh, oh, oh. We lost by four. We lost by seven now. Um, and then the, the cover becomes kind of a coin flip on the clutch thing. So that was my only hold up there. Oh, if the Mavs go up big, if they get like a 15-point lead at any point, like if they go up by 12, I'm going to like, even at, at minus 125 or whatever absurd number the book will put it out, I'll be on Phoenix Moneyline. Like 100% with you. Like clutch time, absolutely with you there. Yeah. Um, but that's kind yeah, of that makes cover. sense. I, I don't mind that play. The, Playing the Dallas cover, and then if they do take the lead and the shots are falling early, being able to kind of come back on with Phoenix, I don't mind that angle. As long as it's not blowout, I'm okay, which maybe it will be, but I'm not going to, I'll also say, like, not going to be putting as much on this as I have on other games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Give me your props, Brandon. Yeah. So I agree with you on the two you said, Luca overs and Brunson unders. We had that going into the series, and that played out very much how we both thought in game one. Luca 45, 12, and eight. Uh, I'm very mad at myself. 40 point game was five to one yesterday for game one. They dropped that down to three to one already. So we lost out on that one. However, in playoff games, so Luka Doncic has had 15 playoff games where he's played 36 minutes. He played well over that because of all the garbage time in game one. When he plays 36 minutes, he has scored 38 or more points in over half of those games. That is an absurd, absurd number. He, He's tied right now for the most points per game in NBA playoff history with Michael Jordan. Yeah, that guy. So Luca overs his point total at 33.5 looks like a crazy number until you see what the number has actually been for him. Um, Raheem, I looked at the eight and rebound thing because I that was my instinct too. I was like, all right, they're dominating the rebounds. Dallas doesn't really have an answer. Aiden has only had double digit boards once in the playoffs. And I'm a little worried about that. The, the weird thing with Phoenix rebounding is those very much gang rebounding numbers. Like Booker had a big game. Crowder had eight. Uh, Bridges, I think, had seven or eight. So I'm a little cautious there. What I want to get your guys' feedback on is assess. So we know about potential assess, a, a pass that could lead to a bucket if your teammate hits it. 
Who do you think was second on the Phoenix Suns in potential assists last night? Crowder? It was Crowder. And now here's the real fun about it. First place wasn't Chris Paul either. First place was Devin Booker. Booker had 17 potential assists and eight actual assists. Crowder had eight potential assists. Chris Paul had five potential assists last night and only three actual assists. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I did not feel that in the game. I was surprised when I got to those numbers. So Jay Crowder, his assist line is 1.5. You only need two to hit that. He had eight potential assists in game one. He's had multiple assists in the five straight games. I hate, I hate betting Jay Crowder overs. (laughs) But isn't this really betting a Phoenix Suns over? Like, aren't you really betting on Crowder to just get rid of the ball and then Phoenix guys to be good? So I like that one. You can do it's plus 195 for three assists. Don't get too crazy with Jay Crowder because you never know what he's going to do. Devin Booker was 23, nine and eight last game. Devin Booker is assist. What do you got? All right. While you're uh, while you're finding that, here's the the pick data. Okay, this okay. is surprising to me. Uh, they only switched it 14 times. They played drop 29. So uh-huh. my entire read on Luca, it on the overs is they're going to let him take as many mid range shots as he wants. They're going to try and wall off the paint, which they didn't do a great job honestly of, and they're going to try and shut down the supporting guys. They're going to try and limit uh, the assists on Luca. That's why the eight, I think, is why they're going to narrow that in. They're doing the same thing. with The Mavs are doing the same thing with Paul, which is if I'll be, I wonder if they're going to switch up the game plan because they got cooked. Mm. Uh, but this, to me, indicates that they don't feel like they can switch it. Like They don't feel comfortable with switching this. And if they don't feel comfortable with switching it, that means that Paul over points is going to be a target area. Well, yeah. And so the, it means the assists, I think, for Chris Paul, like Chris Paul's assist line is nine and a half. He had five potential assists last game, which is mm-hmm. why I'm probably not going to say that low again, because you got to get to 10. Like getting to 10 assists is always a big ask in any game for any player. So I think leaning that way, Booker's assist line is four and a half. He had eight last game. <gasps> So I, I think, yeah, hey, look, uh, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, they're blitzing Booker. That's what they did in game one is they blitzed him. So he's getting the ball out. Yeah. So, so 70 it, potential assess and his teams, teammates are getting open looks because of how they're swarming. Yeah. So I, I think your I think your target areas are Chris Paul points overs, Devin Booker, Devin Booker assists over Chris Paul yeah. unders on assists points over Booker under points assist overs. Like so. that was the game plan. And I'll tell you like that in my experience, Jason Kidd is much more likely to be like, look, the game plan was good. We just got to execute better. He's much more that coach than a Taylor Jenkins. Hey, we're scrapping everything and we're going back to the, we're, we're doing, we're, we're just going to abandon all this. We got to switch it. I don't yeah. think kids going to be there. That's not, that doesn't seem like a kid thing to do. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Uh, you mentioned Luca assist. Also Luca's assist line is eight and a half. He had eight in this game, and a couple of those were in garbage time. He's been under in all four playoff games, under eight and a half, and he was under in both Phoenix matchups this year. So I like that one. However, he did have 18 potential assists, so I don't want to go too nuts on that. The last thing with Booker, and I know it's me. It's me with my crazy long shot here. Just just a tiny, tiny, even a less sprinkle than my usual sprinkle. He had 23, nine, and eight last game. We see that number. We think, hey, that's almost a triple-double. 
163 to one triple doubles you you are the devil and you've gotten me into too many of them 163 to one he was three away last game this is like a bet a tenth of a unit or less because it still pays out 16 units on it just saying it he was close last game that's all so not today satan the passing thing, the passing angle really gives you like you could like what Matt's saying. If you if you agree with this passing angle and it's Booker points under, which I have marked down, Booker assists over, Chris Paul assists under and points over. You can make a really nice little same game parlay with some of those if you like them. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It's a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick their over or under. For example, number of points in basketball or hits in baseball. Then, choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that's the only app where I can join my buddy's contest and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with a tap of a button. It's insanely fun to write it out together. So stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. Make sure to use promo code BUCKETS and Sleeper will match your deposit up to $100. Again, download Sleeper and use promo code BUCKETS when you deposit. Term and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Okay, back to the show. Uh, the other game on Wednesday, the Philadelphia 76ers are going up against the Miami Heat again. Again, no, no Joel Embiid. Um, the injury report for Miami has been updated. Jimmy Butler is off of that injury report. Uh, Kyle Lowry will miss this game again. So no Lowry in this one. Uh, no Duncan Robinson in game one, very interestingly enough, which I read very much as like Eric Ballstar being like, I'm sorry, Duncan. We just we can't give Harden a target. Can't do it. I can't give... I can't give James Harden the switch target and it worked pretty well. Uh, Heat are minus eight and a half now after closing game one at seven and a half. There were obviously lower numbers in the market. I had the three and a half could have bet the seven and a half and been fine as the heat. Absolutely. They, uh, they cruised 92, one Oh six in game one, the total in this one, two Oh seven and a half open two Oh six and a half is up to 207 and a half, which is interesting. Uh, the game one went under, and yet we're seeing movement on this to the over raw. What do you read? Yeah. What's your read on that? You know, I actually put the under in the app at 208, but I think I'm going to take the over. I mean, I'm waiting oh. for this to come down. I think I'm waiting for this to come down. I think both teams were uncharacteristically bad at three-point shooting in game one. I mean, look, you had the Heat go nine for 36, 25%. You had the Sixers go six to 34 just 17 percent and i think both teams were generating like good looks i I just think both teams just they couldn't make anything and i mean like danny green in particular i mean he had a ton of open looks niang i don't think niang even scored he was 0 for 7 all on like pretty much wide open threes and i mean if you look at the shot quality shot quality actually had the sixers winning that game so i found that pretty interesting but I think I'm going to go over just because I think both offenses have kind of just, they just didn't perform well. I think, look, I know Glenn is going to start DeAndre Jordan. I told him what I, I want. I'm taking a victory lap here. I'm taking yeah. the victory lap. You can, you can take the, 
I told the both of you when you took fucking 76ers without Embiid, I was like, he's going to, I posted the audio on Twitter. He's going to play DeAndre Jordan. And you were both like, there's no way he's going to stick with him if it's that bad. Yep. Yep. No, he played him enough. 17 minutes for a minus 22. I'm done with my victory lap. Yeah. I think that's, that's a boost to the Miami Heat's offense. I mean, when you look at them in the second quarter, they really struggled offensively. So I, I think second quarter, what were they? They were eight of 20 from the field, one of six from three. That, I mean, that was clearly an aberration for what we saw through the rest of the game. So I think, I mean, look, that game finished 106-92. I think you could be looking at 110-100. I'm going over here. Uh, I am probably going to play the Heat here. My big takeaway from that game was that the Heat can play better. I don't know that the Sixers can. I think the Heat can play better. They were very bad in the second quarter. They were awful in the second quarter. And the, the Sixers actually led at half. And I was like, oh, God, I'm going to have to deal with Brandon and Raheem. Oh, God. Oh, God. But then, like, order was restored as the game went along. Um, thank you, DeAndre Jordan. Thank you, Doc Rivers. Uh, you know, uh, I had Danny Green and Niang overs. Niang went, goes 0 for 7 from 3. Uh, Danny goes uh, 1 of 5. Had him on over 2.5. I'm probably going to go back to the well. I just feel like that's going to be their best approach here. It's just going to be taking threes. Like I, they took 34 in this one. They took fewer than the heat. So the heat like limited them to having less than, than them. But I actually think that's probably, if you're, if you're game planning the offense, it's gotta be, we just got to get threes up. You're not going to yeah. be able to create enough on in the interior. Like Bam out of bio, by the way, was sublime last night. Bam out of bio was so good in every phase of the game. Like that was, the, the the player of the game was Bam Adebayo. But for this Heat team, Jimmy played badly. Jimmy had 15 points on 16 shots. was just a plus two. Jimmy was not good. P.J. Tucker was good. Bam was sublime. Uh, Max Struess was just one of seven from three. Gabe Vincent was just one of seven from three. Caleb Martin was 0 of three. I want to see more Caleb Martin in the series. I'm looking for Caleb Martin props, and the books will not let me have them. And I'm glad because I would have lost last night. But if they post them... <laughs> I will absolutely bet them again. Uh, Tyler Hero was great because you knew that he was going to be because of this drop coverage. The bigs do not have any, like they don't have anything they can do versus pick and roll here. Like they have no pick and roll bigs. No, there's nothing they can do. I think he can play better. Uh, sometimes you, you kind of go like, all right, they're going to get up for this next one. I think the Heat actually let down a little bit in this one versus Embiid. I think that they were going to look at this and be mad that they did not play better. I think, I think the Heat are going to win by double digits again. Uh, I like Heat minus eight and a half here, Brendan. Are you uh, are you thinking about playing the alternate lines? You want to like a Heat by twelve or fifteen or something? Um, no, no. And the reason is, um, I don't want to get into a situation where if I think that there's going to be a high number of threes taken by the Sixers, like look at last night with Mavs Suns, right? Where that goes from. A fifth, an 18 point game to a six point game because the maps yeah. are just like Luca drives for a dunk, Luca scores, three pointer, three pointer, three pointer, Luca score. Like last night, Glenn cleared the benches with five minutes to go in the game. The Sixers, there was an alternate universe in which the Sixers almost got that cover. Yeah. Like they, they were down 13 with like yeah. two minutes to go. And it's just like, I was kind of excited for my bet, but kind of scared for Heat, heat backers to. Because it looked like it was going to be a bad beat, and ironically, it almost happened in both games yesterday. So yeah, so I don't, I don't, I also don't trust that Heat offense in 
any sort of situation. Like I, I'll trust them if it's like seven. Doc will probably foul down seven, and I can get the over on free throws. But I don't want to mess with that. Do you have a best bet on this game, Brendan? Yeah. So the DeAndre Jordan thing. Uh, my best bet was supposed to be what happened last game, which is when we found out DeAndre was starting, I raced to the books and got in my race to 10 and race to 15 bets on Miami's side. Because thanks for that, Mr. Doc. I appreciate the free money on that one. Nice. Guess yeah. what? The books have made race to 10 points. Miami minus 165. Jeez. You're like, nope. <laughs> Nope, we already know DeAndre Jordan is starting. We don't want any of your money. You keep your money. We don't want it. You stay home. We don't need it. So can't do that one today. <sighs> Look, I I was with you on the DeAndre Jordan thing. I thought that they would play him early, and I don't know how long they'd stick with it. I, I think it's absurd that Doc Rivers said after the game, I wanted, I wanted to play someone else to start the second half, but my players said we had yep. to have DeAndre out there. Yep. Man up and be a coach and make a decision. So here's where I'm at on this game. My best bet, the Sixers are plus 350 on the money line. That is a 22% likelihood of winning. That is too low of a percentage. They are not only 22% to win this game. I think maybe Doc Rivers grows a pair of testicles and decides to bench DeAndre Jordan later in the game. There were some things working for Philadelphia there. However, unless you have to put your bet in and skip the game, you can't play the plus 350 because guess what? DeAndre Jordan is still starting. You're going to start in a hole in the game and you're going to get a better number than the plus 350. So really my best bet is this. Look for a live spot. These teams, I don't think, the way they're constructed right now, I don't think that this is priced correctly to show this massive gulf between these teams. I just don't think Miami is that good to be that much better than these teams. So I will look just a little bit to play a little bit on Philadelphia live if I can, like a five or six to 100 if I can and just see what happens because Philadelphia is going to hit more shots this game. Maybe Miami does too. I just think Miami is getting overvalued right now. I like I, you are. I'll say this to your, to your credit. You are not a double down guy. That's just not, that hasn't been who you are. You're usually like, you'll back off your position. If you have a, if you have something and it's, it's not accurate, you won't necessarily like reverse it, but you don't necessarily double down. So yeah. like, it's notable that like, you're basically doubling down here on like, no, I do not think the heater this good. Uh, I do. I, I do. I think the Heat are this good. Second half, 114 offensive rating for Miami, 97.9. It was bad. It was, it was, it was to, to be clear, this is not like I saw something in the second half and was like, oh, okay, Philadelphia now. I just think that this is mispriced. I don't think Miami should be valued to this high. Yeah. Philadelphia, they let it halftime. And I, I realized like, a lot the second of this quarter for thing me went is, really bad too. Yeah, a lot of this for me, I think, is... It's an interesting question, honestly, of the sum of the parts versus the whole. And usually the whole is, and when we talk about this, is more valuable than the sum of the parts, right? Like, that's how we kind of frame it is like, okay, they have all these pieces, but together, like the Raptors, right? The Raptors, you look at like any individual guy and you're like, meh, but like together and you're like, that team's a pain in the ass. I feel like the Heat are kind of the opposite where it's like, I look at this and I'm like, Jimmy Butler, Bam in a bio, Kyle Lowry when he's healthy. Um, Tyler Hero, 
like Struess has been really good for them this year. I like how Caleb Martin has played a lot for them this season. Um, Gabe Vincent has given them good minutes. Dwayne Dedman I've liked since the the Spurs days. Uh, Victor Oladipo actually has looked a little bit alive. Like his defense last night was quite good. Um, all these types of dudes, right? Where it's like, and in combinations, they they do all these kind of things. But then you look at like the overall picture, and you're just like, I'm not overly impressed. They don't. There's very little explosiveness. Mm-hmm. You know what they kind of are? I think I like how to put how to put this. Memphis Grizzlies? No, they're a little bit like they're honestly a little bit like one of those NFL teams that just grinds you down with short like they're like the Niners. Yeah, I was thinking the Titans. Like the Titans. I was thinking the Niners. Because they got this great defense, right? Like they've got like an elite defense, right? And their number one guy is a guy named Jimmy who's a little overrated. And And, you know, the offense isn't necessarily explosive. They have like like Debo before this entire debacle. Like that's kind of bam, right? Does everything is able to contribute in multiple phases of the game. Like that's kind of the whole, that's kind of the thing is like the Niners. Is this like the early 2000s Spurs? Not that good. um, Yeah, a lesser lesser version of it. Yeah, but there's a, look, there's a lot of like Spurs influence here. Like there's a lot of Spurs like patternism Mm -hmm. here, I think with them. So. I, I do I do think that they're that good though. Yeah, I, 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 I just think Philadelphia is really like honestly, I think Yeah, no, it's both. They're Philadelphia sucks without Embiid. Like for sure. Like Philadelphia, it just they just I mean, look, when you look at the four factors, they're getting dominated in every single area. Like yeah. they can't rebound. <laughs> you put DeAndre Jordan in the game for rebounding purposes, they're still getting out rebound, but there's a layup line to the rim. Yeah. James Harden is a turnover machine, so they're always gonna lose the turnover battle. Because Miami has such a solid defense, it's like the only one of these four factors they're going to win is the free throw rate. And James Harden is not even getting to the line in a way that he used to. And I just yeah. think this team are going to really need to get out into transition. And I think we saw earlier in the game, Miami Heat they were pressing, so it kind of helped the Sixers get into transition. But once they removed that press, it, it just wasn't much for them in the half court, other than shooting threes and we all know how much variance comes with that and you're relying on Danny Green and Niang and Maxi and Tobias Harris to hit open shots because Harton can't really do anything so it's really problematic I, I I can't back this Philadelphia team under any circumstances without Embiid yeah <laughs> yeah it's I don't I don't know how you can back him without Embiid but um if you do want to go in that direction before the game Brandon uh good luck to you uh Brandon's got a prop real quick yeah, Jimmy, don't call me Garoppolo Butler. Over a one and a half steals. He's nice. had two in all five playoff games. James Harden's going to turn it over. Yeah, play, play the Butler steals. That's a great prop. That's a great prop. Yeah. All right, uh, best bets. Neither of the guys have a bet on Dallas Phoenix. I'm on Dallas plus six. I'll bet it heavier if I get it up above seven. Um, Brandon's got props on Luca and Booker uh, and Chris Paul. Chris Paul under assists. Luca over points. Luca under assists, Brandon. Yes. Yes. Yep. And uh, we both like Jalen Brunson unders points. Um, I'm on Miami minus eight and a half. Brandon's looking for a live spot on Philly on the money line in yep. um, game two because he's a braver man than anyone else, anyone that you know. Uh, Raheem is likes the over in Philly Miami uh, following the market movement there. Uh, anything that I skipped there on uh, and Jimmy Butler over on one and a half steals. I think I want to go Tobias Harris over 19 and a half points. Oh, going back to the well on Toby. 
I thought he wasn't going to have a good game because he doesn't shoot well versus zone. He was great last night. So pretty clear that James Harden's the fourth best scorer on his team. Yeah. And if they're going to do anything, Tobias Harris has to, has to put up some points. I'm going over 19 and a half. We gave out 17 and a half the other day. Let's stick with it. All right. Uh, this is going to wrap it up for Buckets. All right. We'll be back on Friday with, uh, with Best Bats for Friday Night's Games. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have yourselves a great week. We'll see you again next time. Let's get Buckets. <laughs>